Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic, and welcome to episode 61, Ever a Shaskahain, of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. And today I'm joined by a Bite Size Irish Gaelic member, Don Lang. Don, do you read? Yes, I do read. Oh, lovely. Um, how are you doing, Don? Whereabouts in the world are you? I'm doing great today. Um, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. Cool. And it, we, we're brought together because you joined the Bite Size Irish Gaelic program. I'm sure I must have introduced you recently in one of the last podcasts since we read out first names of new members. Yeah, so, I think it was the, the one I just listened to this morning, actually. Ah, cool. With Vanessa. Yes. In Australia. Excellent. So, yeah. Don, like, what br- brought you to this point? So, you're interested in learning to speak Irish, the Irish language or Irish Gaelic. So, how would you say, how did you get to here? <laughs> it's a little bit of an interesting story. I am from Wisconsin, a small little town in Wisconsin. And when I was a teenager, I went into a CD shop and I randomly picked out this Irish music CD. And I guess that's kind of where my love of Irish culture started. And it was just such a random beginning to that because I didn't know anybody else at the time, you know, in my family or friends or anybody in my town that was interested in Irish music or Irish culture. So it wasn't something that I grew up with. And it was just something that I kind of felt drawn to on my own. And then my love of it took off from there. And did you have some kind of idea or impression already of what Irish traditional music was like or what made you pick up that CD in the first place? I really don't know. I really think (laughs) it was just this random, I mean, I think it felt to me like, you know, divinely guided if I look back at it now. (laughs) But at the time it was just random. I was looking for something different. I just, I think I always felt a little bit you know, different than, than maybe the culture I was being raised in. Kind of hard to explain, but I just, something felt like it was missing. I was reaching out for something a little bit different. So, you know, that's the only way that I can kind of frame it right now from, you know, back then when I was 14, I think that's all I was looking for at that time. And so when you were growing up, like, do you have any bit of an Irish background? Uh, It's, it's possible. Um, I, I for sure have a lot of Scottish. Well, my mom's dad is Scottish. So our last name on that side of the family is McFall. And, and when I looked it up, it's, you know, we're from the Inverness area. And kind of looking at the timeline, it seems quite possible that, the, you know, some of those ancestors from Inverness moved to Ireland, you know, before moving over to America. So it's possible. I haven't found any, you know, specific Irish person yet, but I haven't dug everything up yet either. So yeah. And for uh, your Scottish connection, is there any 
like family connections still back in Scotland? Do you know of any relatives who live in Scotland? Not that I know of. I mean, I think that, you know, the family line moved here in the 1700s. Um, So it's been quite a while, but there could, you know, there could have been part of the family that didn't move. So. And then for Irish music, is that part of your life these days? It's very much so. So, so yeah, after I um, started out exploring it as a teenager, then I, you know, continued to do so in college just by going to see, you know, any Irish musicians that were coming through the area. And then, and then of course I went to Ireland and I ended up at one point in Sligo and I went in there, went, went into this little pub in Sligo and sat in this little, you know, corner booth. And, um, all of a sudden all these people started kind of gathering around me and I didn't really know what was going on, but they, I just kind of ended up sitting in the middle of this session. I just kind of got squeezed in there (laughs) and, um, they didn't seem to mind, you know, that just some random woman was already sitting there. They just crowded in around me and (laughs) sat next to this woman who was playing the Balron. And I just, I fell in love. I just was so, fascinated and I was watching her hands move and just the sound of it was really powerful to me and it felt I felt like it was going to be a part of my life like I knew it was going to be part of my life to play the bell run and I mean it took quite a while I think it was still maybe 15 years after Mm -hmm. that that I finally picked one up just but it was always kind of in the background and no. for people listening who don't know what a bowron is, could you describe it? It's an Irish frame drum, I guess. Hmm. That's how frame I word it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really know a lot of the history of it. I think it's a oh, fairly yeah. recent addition to Irish music, you know, comparatively. Oh. I'm thinking even like the 1940s or something. I mean, oh, the frame yeah. drum itself, of course, has been around for, uh, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of years or something mm. but but the Bauron itself like it, it being called that and used in Irish music I think is a fairly modern addition okay and how I would describe it is like it's it's handheld anyway right yeah and you have like a little two-sided wooden baton that you hit the Bauron with right yes and is it that you take lessons or do you play it or I well, I watch a lot of YouTubes, so there's a couple. There's one woman that's based in Scotland who does a lot of lessons on online, so I follow her, and then there's a couple of other people. Um, I have taken maybe two or three Skype lessons with somebody that's in Ireland. Oh, how did you find them? How did He's... you meet, like? Well, I didn't. I mean, I think I was, yeah. I, yeah, I was recommended to him through the person that made the drum that I bought oh, wow. as being a, you know, a good teacher. And so, I, I mean, I'd actually like to kind of, to pick that up again. It's just been a matter of the, the finances on my end. But so, you know, in the meantime, I've just been playing on my own with YouTube and every once in a while, just putting a CD in and seeing if I can play along with it. Ah, nice. And do you know off the top of your head, do you remember uh, any of the names of the people 
that you follow on YouTube for this? Yeah, so the woman in Scotland is Michelle Stewart. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other ones, and I, I don't know if he has many on YouTube, but his name is Brian Fleming. And he's from Ireland. And he teaches at a place called O-A-I-M, I believe. Hmm. I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but that's okay. where he that's where he can be found. And then the person that I took lessons from was Colm Phelan. He plays with a pretty, you know, well-known band over there. I I can't pronounce it though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I don't know him. Uh, I don't know his name. I'm not familiar with his name, so we'll we'll look, look it, it up, up. and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, add a link to the show notes page as well. Ah, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. And how do you feel this um, kind of self-directed music learning with YouTube? Like, is it frustrating or do you feel like you are learning from these people or how does it go? It just feels really amazing to me. I, I work from oh. home. I run a childcare in my home. So it's it just works out really well for me. I can take a break whenever I want, you know, 10 minutes here. Yeah. You know, that goes for practicing my Irish as well as the drum. So it just, it works really well for me. Hmm. Um, I'm maybe not, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't call myself a ballroom player yet. <laughs> I'm an aspiring ballroom player. I, I don't know if I could, could really hold a tune down if I joined a session at this point. Um, okay. But uh, do you practice regularly or is it one of these things that like learning a language, you can put it off for a month and go, Oh, I'll spend a few hours on Sunday and then you never actually get around to it. Well, the language actually has been taking precedent, you know, over the bell run right now. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably why I'm not where I'd like to be with it. I, I tend to maybe spend a half an hour or so on the language. Whereas if I broke that up, I could probably do both things, yeah. but I've just been really falling in love with the language. So that's, huh. A little bit more important to me right now, I guess. So tell me about um, the language, Don. Most people, like there's a lot of people with the love for Ireland who don't live there, but uh, most people will never even uh, consider learning our native language. So like, what made you consider learning it? Like why? Why is it that you're learning Irish? Well, I started taking French in high school, so I took it all four years and I did really well with it. So then I ended up majoring in French in college. Mm-hmm. And I love the language. I love, I, I love the country. I love speaking the language. But you know, now when I look back on it, I feel like learning French was a blessing mainly in that it gave me the confidence to learn other languages. Mm. So you know, I never ended up doing anything with my French you know, for a career. I never used it to right. to make money with it. I think I've got $60,000 worth of student loans to pay back and I'm never <laughs> using the language. So. But, but I just feel really, really thankful that I took it because, yeah, like you said, it, you know, if I hadn't done that, I probably would feel like Irish is insurmountable. Well, it sounds like it's almost like a mindset thing where it showed you that you could so like could you describe how you approach learning to speak Irish and how 
do you think it might be different to somebody who thinks ah oh, it's not it's not worth even trying it's just too big a problem it, to me the language feels really natural it feels like something that i already have and i've forgotten that's that's the best way that i can describe it it feels very natural for me to be learning it which whereas with french it didn't so that it's almost the opposite whereas you know for somebody especially in the states maybe it would be easier to in their mind it would seem easier maybe to learn french than irish but for me it feels opposite hmm. it feels easier to learn irish than it was french and does it feel i'm not like... sure if i'm answering your question no, exactly you are. but it it definitely is a mindset i mean like you said you know learning learning the french language just let me know that i can and so i really that's kind of what i my whole college experience i kind of chalk it up to well i learned that i can do whatever i want so i've just decided that i'm going to learn irish and that i want to learn it enough that i can feel really comfortable and confident with it even if it's you know i'm i'm 41 so even if it's takes me until i'm 50 or 60 i'm going to do it <laughs> oh, cool and when so. you're about ready to like practice or whatever a bit of irish language that day does it feel like you've got a bit of work ahead of you or how do you treat it it does a little bit it's work that i like, thoroughly love <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i i actually wake up in the morning excited to get to my lessons and so i'll often i have a little half an hour window between taking my kids to school and then opening up the childcare mhm mm in my house so i have you know i get back home at about 8:00 and i have until 8:30 and a lot of times i'll use that time to you know grab a cup of tea and and do my irish cool so, and i mean some you know sometimes i'll do it during their nap time i'll do it during the day if i didn't manage to get to it in the morning but i really i love waking up and doing it it's really exciting for me Ah, excellent. So, um, yeah, I know you're a bite-sized Irish Gaelic member. So, do you take, do you use our lessons as part of your learning? And like, what other tools and resources do you use? Yeah, at this point, I only use two things. So, I use your lessons, and then I also use the app Duolingo. Oh yeah, and how do you feel they yeah. do? They complement each other. Do, are you learning different things in different ways using different tools? I feel like they're extraordinarily complementary. Yeah. Mm. I feel like they fit really well. I mean, your your lessons give, you know, a more complete. I mean, the Duolingo is like kind of like a game. I mean, it tests it tests my knowledge of the words and it gives multiple choice answers and Yeah, it's a it fantastic interface. It, it is. It's really great. It's fun. And, you know, but it doesn't give any explanation for anything. So that's that's lacking and that's the piece that you guys fill in but i also i also just really like the way that you have everything set up and arranged you know and organized so i feel for me they're both very it's 50/50 they're both very important in my learning yeah cool um yeah. and i guess for people who are listening do try out duolingo i think um it is free right don to use duolingo it is free yeah yeah and yeah. the way we approach, uh, approach our lessons is we've got bite-sized online lessons where it's a text lesson with loads of audio recordings and each audio recording is a button so we've got the ability to explain a phrase a bit to you and you can click 
and listen and repeat over and over again. And hopefully by the time you get to the end of your short bite-sized lesson, you've uh, been exposed maybe to a new little concept of the Irish language and you can always come back to it. So done. Um, yeah, I keep going yeah, back. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I keep going back again and again. So, I mean, even, even, you know, yesterday I went back to the very first week of lessons and just went through them again. And I feel like every time I go through, I'll pick up a different word. So I feel like maybe every week, this is just kind of an estimate, but every week, maybe I'm learning, you know, 10, 15 new words or something. And so you know, it's not really even on purpose. I mean, it's not like a goal or I'm sitting down and I'm writing those 10 words, but just kind of in my mind, I'm picking out new things just kind of naturally. You know, I'll miss something one week and then the next week I'll say, oh, yeah, I need that word in my vocabulary. So I'll just, I'll pick it up or maybe I'll, you know, put it on a piece of tape and put it up on the wall, oh, you know, so you like put... labeling my kitchen, you know, oh, I guess kitchen, so, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, I'll focus on a few words for that week. So, yeah, I appreciate I being able to go back through and it's exactly the same every time. Cool. Okay, I have one last question for you, Don. Uh, we talk about social media quite a bit on the podcast. So do you use Facebook and post any Irish? Do you participate in any groups or is it something you just like keep away from that part of life? I, well, I am on Facebook. I use it mainly to post pictures of my kids because I'm really far away from my family. Uh. So that's pretty much all I do on there right now. Although I did, like I said, I listened to that previous interview just this morning. And so I actually went on a couple of the sites that were mentioned and just liked them, you know, liked the page so that mm. I can maybe start to follow them. And yeah, I mean, if that's something that could be beneficial, I think that I would probably be more involved with it I'd love to I'd love to have somebody that I could actually speak to because mm. that was part of the problem with French I think I never got comfortable speaking it unless I was there when I was there it was great but if I you know the rest of my life I don't have anybody to speak French with so I just really get shy about it yeah kind of clam up so and with this, you know, being something that feels more like it's going to be for the rest of my life, I'd really like to meet up with people. Well, fair play, Don. It sounds, it. Like, <laughs> it sounds like you're making it like a lifelong journey. And that's, as we've said, yeah, that, that is how to treat it and take the Irish language into being like part of your daily life, really, isn't it? So mm -hmm. I think you've given a nice, gentle motivation to some people who might be listening and maybe they feel a bit stressed or overwhelmed by trying to speak the language to make that connection to their Irish heritage or a, a connection to Ireland's culture. So Don, thanks a lot for sharing your thoughts and your experiences. It was lovely talking to you. It was equally lovely talking to you. Thank ah, you. Great. Lovely. And whoever's listening, uh, for a couple of weeks after this podcast is published, you'll be able to leave comments um, for Don on our show notes page. And uh, you should do that at www.bitesize.irish slash podcast 61. So you're looking for episode 61. So um, Bite Size Irish Gaelic, like we were saying, lets you make a real connection with your Irish heritage 
by learning to speak the Irish language in bite-sized portions. Take a no-obligations free trial of the entire program at www.bitesize.irish/try. Thanks to Tukumo, as always, for their music, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. Until the next episode, slán gafoil. Bye for now.